0: In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright begins a series of discussions on what we should be learning from financial upheavals in the past. Good morning, Caroline.
1: Good morning. In Your Money Today, I'm joined by Richard Harris, the CEO of Port Shelter Investment Management, to start a new series of discussions on learning lessons from financial history. Thank you for joining me, Richard.
0: My pleasure, as always. Now,
1: Richard, we regularly talk about markets moving in cycles. So it kind of stands to reason that you should be able to learn lessons from major financial events of the past. But can you really forecast the future by doing that?
0: Well, no, there's no way you can forecast the future, although we we do pretend to try. And there's an enormous industry, of course, worth uh, millions and millions of dollars that looks to try and predict the future. But in fact, really what we try and do is look at the kind of uh, approaches, the kind of levels, the the kind of situation of where markets are at the moment. We compare that to the past and we try and put that model onto the future. Now, it's not accurate. Um, it's not precise. But actually, uh, until we can predict the future, which I think is going to be a very long way off, uh, that's the best we can do.
1: That was something you have been researching quite in depth. There's something you call narrative arcs. Now, it's something I'd not heard of before. So can you explain this concept, how it works and how it works with where markets are concerned?
0: That's right. Yes, this this is my doctoral research in terms of looking at at narratives uh, that move stock markets. And of course, we all hear about valuation methods like price earnings ratios. We hear about GDP and all these wonderful things. But at the end of the day, a lot of this is determined by what kind of stories people are telling in the markets about each other Uh, and at the moment of course we've had this big story about inflation going around the world Uh, but prior to that it was interest rates going up Uh, we also have worries about recession or economic booms or problems in the property market these are all narratives now what tends to happen is one narrative becomes particularly dominant at one particular point in time. Uh, and that dominance is important because everybody tends to focus around it. All their thinking tends to uh, tends to be there. Um, but of course, the thing that really does affect markets are the dormant narratives, the narratives that are within the particular story that we're talking about, um, but may rise to the surface if they become more important or people put more importance in them. So for instance, interest rates are going up um, because we've got inflation and sometimes interest rates is more important, sometimes inflation is more important. And at the moment, we've got a bit of a battle between interest rates going up, which is generally seen to be a bad thing, and markets going up, uh, which is rather unusual. And that's partly because at the moment, the feeling that we're going to have a soft landing in the stock market is actually coming through, is becoming a more powerful narrative arc than the worries about interest rates. So we have this flip-flop between different stories. And one of the issues in the markets, of course, we tend to focus on one story at a time because we're not very intelligent, instead of maybe looking at how the balance goes between different stories.
1: So does this mean that we can easily miss out on on the red flags that are signalling something that's like,
0: whoa, this is danger, danger? Well, that's exactly the point, you know, and very often, um, some of the lessons that we've learned in the past, we forget it may be that you've got a new generation of people coming into the market who don't really understand, don't have the experience that we have before. And you'd be surprised how little experience there is in financial markets compared to somewhere like law, You know, where experiences may be more highly valued. Um, booms make people forget what happened in the past, you know, because if things are looking pretty good, people think, well, we can take more risk because it's never going to happen to us. Um, so we often don't see these things coming, you know, because we'll have a very positive narrative that drowns out some of the caution that we should have. Um, people think very much in the same way in that way when they look at similar narratives.
1: Do you think that b- by nature, people involved in the markets tend to get a bit greedy?
0: Oh, how could you possibly say <laughs> such a thing? You know, greed and fear is really what makes things go round. Now, it is important to remember that, of course, people really want to make money. And there's a strange thing in the market that financial markets generally focus on the truth because if you're telling a lie uh, and the markets go in a different way, then you're going to lose money. So it is a strange thing that people try and focus on the truth. And that really led to all the academic theory in finance about how People should be optimizing their profit, making as much profit as possible and making decisions based on that. But of course, we do know that people make decisions based on other things, um, necessarily in their own interests or maybe in their interests and not the interests of other people. So markets do have this strange way of heading for the truth but maybe not quite getting there, just moving around a little bit like a water skier on a boat, just dodging around the, uh, uh, the wake of the boat. So that's really, all the noise that comes in with all of this is really what um, does throw us off the scent sometimes.
1: Now, what you're saying here is all very interesting because I feel like the biggest thing that I keep hearing about at the moment is potential for recession in, in the US, but it's not happening no so, so is this because we're missing the, the right part of the narrative here
0: well you know bull markets die hard and i think one of the issues at the moment is that uh, people have had it good for a long time so they are generally optimistic the other thing too is there's a lot of money around a lot of money being created by the uh, all the money that was uh, should we say, printed during COVID, but that only goes back, uh, you know, you can go back another 10 years or so with more and more money being printed for various reasons. You know, oh, the there's a bit of a recession come around. Let's print a bit of money. Let's stimulate the economy. And that's never really been taken out of the economy. So, in fact, there's a lot of money going around the financial markets that's still yet to find a home. Um, Of course, the danger with that is they all start investing in things which have less and less of a return. And all of a sudden, somebody wakes up on, um, uh, what is it, a Wednesday afternoon or something and says, holy smoke, things don't look as good as they used to. And uh, everybody goes through the door at the same time. That hasn't happened recently, I think, because there's a lot of money still around. And actually, there's a lot of money still, a lot of people still doing quite well. We hear a lot of doom and gloom in in the newspapers quite a few people are on fixed incomes they're on pensions they've got lots of savings they've got money in the bank because of all the money that's been created so we are in a situation where there's plenty of money still chasing around and i think that's really delayed any onset of a real recession
1: and i think like you say the the focus tends to be on the positive in many ways that these these people are like, well, I'm, I'm still doing okay. So why should we be worrying about, about this
0: impending doom that we keep being told about? Well, you have to generally be an optimist to be an investor, you know, cause you're putting, you're taking your money out of say, safe cash or relatively safe cash into something that has a probability of risk. So unless you're going to be more half full than half empty, you're probably not gonna be an investor.
1: So let's finish things for today here with that as a little bit of a very, very brief intro into how these uh, narrative arcs work. But I would love to continue next week by starting a look at a few specific examples from history. One that's been brought up multiple times recently, the 2008 subprime crisis seems a good place to start.